Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys in a Mic Show, TalkZone.com, your bracket-busting Monday show here. Following a big March Madness, we will talk lots of basketball. We'll get off the basketball court. We'll get outdoors, too. It's too beautiful to be talking only basketball. We'll do a little pitchers and catchers report, spring training, and baseball, little NFL news and notes. we got a voting day here in the state of Illinois tomorrow. we got to find out from the big dog who he will be voting for, little sports guys. Talk politics, if you will, and uh, find out about St. Patrick's Day weekend, too. If Actually, that might take the most of the entire show. At any rate, busy sports weekend. The dog and the coach are back at you here. Producer extraordinaire David Olson on vacation this week. Assistant producer Randy Myers steps in uh, from a closing role to a starter's role. A middle distance man in the past. Can he go the distance? Can he be a nine-inning guy? We will find out over the ne- course of the next five days. But uh, here's a guy who's done long relief, short relief. He's needed a lot of relief in his life. The big dog, Joel Radwanski, and after St. Patrick's Day weekend, I'm assuming you need a little bit of relief. How are you, big dog? Uh, Coach, I will tell you this. Green beer works like a dietary fiber. <laughs> Thank you for that uh, wonderful, if not pictorial, thought. I, I did not reason, uh, realize that that dye they put in there was actually a fiber. Oh, boy. Good stuff. Once again, we have to remind people we are America's number one breakfast show as long as you are not eating breakfast. Thank you very much. And in America. Yeah, absolutely. So you uh, enjoyed yourself, and uh, hopefully you didn't enjoy yourself too much, though. Oh, no. It was one heck of a weekend. Oh, my goodness. Whenever St. Patrick's Day is on a Saturday, people have to look out and this weekend, Coach, this year man made an appearance in Wrigleyville on St. Patrick's Day. Really? And uh, all I can tell you is I was there, and uh, I saw some stuff that I didn't think I would ever see ever in my entire life, to be quite honest well, with you. to be quite I honest never... with you, that's probably what the people that's, you know, imbibing and trying to enjoy St. Patrick's Day is they get a look at this year, man. They're probably saying the same thing about you, no? No, it, it, I don't know if anybody's ever seen this year, man, but he walks around in blue tights and it's... red boots and, you know, they have red you know, underwear and a red cape yeah. and a, a puff shirt. Well, uh, he was wearing green stuff this year, Coach. Oh, so it was not the normal this year man outfit? He had on a green hat. He had on green tights. I mean, a green Interesting. shorts. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, it, it was, it was uh, a St. Patrick's Day version. And as he's walking through Wrigleyville, almost everybody was good to him taking all kinds of pictures, interviewing people. Uh, a couple people got, you know, teaching me new square words. And then I went <laughs> I, oh, I, I saw him walk past this group of kids. And he asked them, hey, do you want to do you want to come and uh, be on this particular part of the show? They're like, blank you, you effing blank me. <laughs> and a word that rhyme with Maggie, look at you and you're tight. And I'm not kidding you, he just turned. And he starts going. Now, it's about 25 guys. Every one of them was a white kid. With their hat turned sideways and their and their jean shorts halfway down their butt. Oh boy! Okay, so I'm like, well, if he gets in a fight with all those guys, I think he'll win because everyone is going to have to pull up their pants while they're getting punched <laughs> by him. 
So he didn't have any fear. And he's like, what is this? And then they're listening to, like, gangster rap. So he's like, what is this, thug life? And next, you know, there was a shouting mess. And they surrounded, and he didn't back down, Coach. He was like, I'll take every single one of you. I got to, you put it. <laughs> is there any chance we have a YouTube videoage, or will there be any? Uh, vi- well, from what I understand, Idris, the producer, said that he couldn't film any of it. Because ah. they were like, we don't want no black people like in camera, dog. And all this other stuff, and they, as they as they as they limped up to him, acting like they were—I don't know what it was, coach—but I was in a different world. I was in a different world. I'm like, guys, I know you're trying to act African American, but African Americans <laughs> haven't acted like this in 40 years. So, uh, <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. So this year, man, did not exactly go over well with the white burnout rapper teenage crowd, shall we say? I, w- I wouldn't put burnout in that. I, I would okay. put just wannabe. Okay. They, I, I just laughed, and he called him out. I told you it was funny. And then when he didn't back down, I was like, "This dude is crazy. Let's leave him alone." It was funny how everything turned. More, more importantly, though, with the uh, the females of Chicago, with the young and restless, if you will, of the city of Chicago, how did this year, man, make out? Uh, pardon the punt. Well, uh, a lot. Of the, that's funny you said that because more than one woman kissed this year, man, right on the face or lips. Most of them, uh, all i got to tell you is that he must not be that fast because I'm sure he did not want to get kissed by any of these women. Mm-hmm. Not one of them was worth getting kissed by. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was accosted, grabbed, groped, you name it, and uh, like some of the girls <laughs> that would not leave him alone, yep. he was like, I'm dating, a, I'm dating a girl named Cubby Bear. She's real cute, little furry thing, mm-hmm. you know, about... About uh, four foot two inches tall, about yeah. 340 pounds, a little cubby bear. No, no, and they probably lift him along. Yeah. So. I, I remember uh, in the debut appearance, I was lucky enough to be in the presence of this year man in full regalia at uh, Wrigley Field. And, of course, we've already related the story how we got kicked out of Wrigley Field. and blah, 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 blah. We ended out, though, outside the park and dilly-dallying and uh, meeting some of the general public at the Harry Carey's, is it called Harry Carey? No, it, what's the bar called right outside? Well, we, were, we, we went to a few different ones. Well, no, we we, when at, that was before. Yeah, okay, so yeah, the, uh, we went to Harry Carey's after. Is that the, the outdoor no, part, is, is Harry Carey's? Um, well, it really wasn't outdoor. Um, I'm talking the outdoor, about the, the, the bar <laughs> right next to the brand new place they put in next to Wrigley Field, right? Attached to Wrigley Field. Oh, Why oh, am I forgetting the name of that? After- the Captain Morgan Club. Thank you. The Captain Morgan's Club. And I was able to witness uh, the female attraction to it this year, man. And at first, most of it, if memory serves me correct, Big Dog, it was, you know, girls coming up, maybe a kiss on the cheek with the boyfriend taking the picture, you know, kind of cute, cute, cute. But as the evening or the afternoon wore on, we did get into a little gropology, and the kisses got a little bit more um, extreme, shall we say. Uh, let's just say when it, it started getting that way, I can tell he was a little bit uncomfortable and he was able to make yes. an exit yes. at 8.30 p.m. Just in time. Uh, it was 8.30 p.m. And, and he was done for the evening and, and headed home. And again, if people have no idea what we're talking about, check out the Facebook page for This Year Man. I'm not aware the St. Patrick's Day uh, performance. And apparently, from what you're saying, we will not be able to see any videos of that or pictures? No, you're going to see all types of videos, but... When uh, when he was surrounded by uh, 25 members of Thug Life, you won't be able, that won't be on there. <laughs> but the rest of there's a bunch of other real, real, real. I real didn't know this choir actually had a name. <laughs> Thug Life, huh?
Yeah, that's what I'm calling them. Excellent. Well, maybe we can have Thug Life meet across the street from Occupy Chicago, and we can have like a gang battle between the two. It'll be like, what's the movie, uh, the, the Streets of New York, the Gangs of New York? Yeah, we can have a little battle like that. But uh, that's outstanding, Big Dog. So it sounds like a, uh, a good time was had by all, and uh, you stayed out of the uh, Cook County Jail, which is even more important. Uh, the, the best chance of somebody getting arrested out of St. Patrick's Day, you really got to mess up. You really do. Because the stuff I saw people getting away with this weekend was just ridiculous. Because we're talking tens of thousands of people lying in the street. Trying to ride my bike home with all these drunken idiots just walking out into the street. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable, Coach. I mean, like, I almost got killed. I, I'm just happy to be home safely uh, after riding my bike home Saturday night. Mm-hmm. One of the worst decisions I ever made was riding my bike on Saturday night. <laughs> and you've had a few uh, serious bicycle accidents. I remember one time... A uh, basically a car hit you, and you did a double reverse flip with a semi spin dicus, and uh, the judges gave you about a seven point five, but you were pretty badly bruised at the end of that. Correct? I got. I have to admit something to you here. That that was totally my fault. That accident. Yep, I remember you. You you yeah. said that at the time. Uh huh. So I mean, it's like one of those right. things where I'm like, yeah, that was that was. I, I need to be more careful. But yep. this week. I, there was nothing I could, I was just like, I need to get home. That's like legit, it was like this really, really strange, eerie feeling I had riding my bike home on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I turned into a little bit of a lunatic. People finally, people weren't getting out of the way. So, I'm like, for, for, I, so I started hitting people as I was on my bike. I'm not kidding. Now, uh, just to make sure I got the complete visual, uh, and we will talk sports in a little bit here, folks. Uh, at some point, people tuning in to hear our, I'm sure our intricate analysis of the March Madness, Big Dog, but we'll get to it in a second. 888-463-6748. Anytime you want to interrupt us with an actual sports legitimate question, we highly encourage that. If we don't, it might just be more uh, mind-bending, wandering down the aimless uh, road that is the weekend that was, whatever the hell that means. 888-463-6748. What was I saying, Big Dog, before I went into that diatribe? Uh, I don't know. You were just talking about the oh, bicycle. I was, I, was I was riding the bike home, and uh, people were refusing to get out of the bike. Oh, oh I wanted to ask you, just so we had the correct visual, were you wearing the green this man, this year man outfit at that point? Uh, no, no, no. At this okay. point, at this point, I had a helmet on. Gotcha. Uh, I, you know what I mean? I was a, a full-on bicyclist just okay. trying to get home. So you were and a typical bicycler wearing your white T-shirt, a helmet, and boxer shorts. Okay, we got you now. Fucking twenty-one-year-old girls. Who it's it's you know three o'clock in the morning and it's freezing now because it's it's March 14th and you're wondering why it's absolutely freezing in the city of Chicago and you're walking around in like a sundress screaming at the top of your lungs could you please get out of the way what are you doing here and like I'm getting yelled at because you're walking <laughs> in the street okay <clears throat> like, on the way home I can't tell him get out of the way you know you hey, man watch where you're going. You're standing in the bike lane, you idiot. You know what I mean? So eventually I was yeah. done with it. I was screaming at one group and they didn't listen to me and I just blasted somebody. There was blasted a time, dog. Them. There was yeah. a time when you would have been very happy to be interrupted by any kind of conversation from a 21-year-old girl in a sundress. You're showing your age now that you found it disruptive and, you know, get out of my way. You know, 13 years ago you would not have said that. No, I would have. But I would, I would actually stuck around and explain to the girl why easy. she was so wrong. All but right. I'm not, I don't care about that stuff anymore. Yep. By the way, we should mention, and I was not down there. I wanted to get down there. Maybe you were. But after a two-year, 
budgetary hiatus. Thank you to the uh, powers that be, but apparently the one of the great traditions in the city of Chicago, the Southside Irish Parade, was back on again after a two-year hiatus. Any chance you and your your alter ego were there, Big Doug? Uh, no, I, I honestly considered it, uh, but I had uh, like the people that I were meeting. They were they live on the north side. It was much easier. Okay. It was much easier just picking Rickleyville. Right. But you've and been North- there. You've been there before, right? That that's that's pure pure Chicago and some serious parting, if I remember correct. Uh, it's beyond serious parting, and to be honest, you can't go there unless you're willing to get into a fight. And I'm not talking, you know, there's some stereotypes that are just flat out true. And one of them is this. If you go to the Southside Irish Parade, and if you go for a whole decade, you got into at least three fights. Three fights in ten years, there's no like way that you can get around it. If you go, I've gone to the Southside Irish Parade probably about seven times, Coach. Mm-hmm. And I have only been in a fight twice, okay? But both times I got dragged into him. Like, I got to defend my friend. <laughs> but, buddy, Jeremy Hall, every, every time Jeremy Hall goes to the South and Average Parade, the last time we were there, okay, he sees some guy screaming at his girlfriend, right? And, like, he's getting, like, physical with the girl, like, grabbing her. And he's like, hey, don't, don't uh, touch that girl like that. And the guy's like, oh, blankety blank you. I'm like, oh, no. Now, it's, it's Joe Hogan, me, and another guy that's all massive. And Jeremy Hall is the five foot six one, about 150 pounds. And every time we go out, Jeremy decides, hey, I'm with Joe Hogan, Joe Lerdwans, let's go beat somebody up. And, well, so now I'm like, oh, this is going to be ugly. We start trying to calm Jeremy down. We get him laughing, and next thing you know, he's not worried about what just happened with this girl. Well, all of a sudden, he goes to the washroom, he comes back out, and this guy, like, shakes the girl again, and we're before we even know it, Jeremy picks this guy up, <laughs> throws him on the ground, gets on the start slapping him, and then drags him and throws him down a staircase. We're like, oh, no, Jeremy Hall. Oh, no. The bouncer had seen everything that happened and, like, escorted the guy out of the building. Like, that was at the bottom of the stairwell. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, you know, from now on, we'll handle people, like, slapping their girlfriend and acting a fool. Mm-hmm. Like, every year we go, Coach. We went one year, he picked the guy up and started – Running on the ground, okay, he had the guy by his legs. Imagine having a guy by the legs, and the guy's face is on the ground. And then start running. Okay, he took all the skin off a guy's forehead. You go to the Southside Irish Parade, people will get in fights. It's, all, it's a bunch of drunken mix. And if so it's, 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 well, it's, I'm a half mix. And it's it's I, not I like the 4th of July Parade where uh, the kids are out there, they throw candy off, and the kids come out, and, uh, and everybody sits there and waves their flag. Not quite that kind of atmosphere? Is that what I'm hearing? No, 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 no. Here's the sad thing, Coach. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The actual, when the parade goes by, you have little kids dressed up in the whole green and all that. It's all cute and all that. But the problem is, do you know how many bars are lined along Western Avenue right there? The people start the fight aren't in the parade getting candy thrown at them. Be like, Uh oh, look at how beautiful that float is. They don't even wash the parade. They're all in the bars going uh, bar hopping and ah. trying to uh, forget everything they possibly can since last St. Patrick's Day. Interesting. Interesting. Little insights. If anybody was at the Southside Irish Parade and would like to uh, agree and or disagree, add their particular insights. Little St. Patrick's Day weekend, 888-463-6748, our phone number. That's, that's discouraging to hear, Big Dog, but on the optimistic side, 
you surprisingly are ahead of the median average because I think I heard you say seven years. You've only been in two fights. So you're averaging a fight once every 3.5 years, which from what I hear is a little better than the curve. I'm proud of you. I remember one time I went with uh, – <laughs> no joke. I didn't go with my – I didn't go with the people that I went to high school with. And my <laughs> friends from high school don't start by saying normally stop them. But we just have one guy, one guy, Jeremy Hall. Oh, my goodness, Coach. It's just he's – He's the wind-up now, okay? That's all I can tell you. Five, five foot, six oh, inch, like, Jeremy Hall. Oh. Yeah, we're the, oh, Jeremy. The, you got Lucky Luciano out there trying to beat people up. This is cracking mm-hmm. us up. Well, uh, I went one year with a bunch of uh, state attorneys, a bunch of prosecutors. Oh, boy. And I was like, if there's no way I'm getting in a fight. And I swear to you, somebody started ticking on one. <laughs> and I remember uh, my girlfriend at the time, she's like, don't, you don't do anything. She's like... We will handle this. I was just cracking up. I was like, the total difference of whether you get into a fight or not. Yeah. The people, like, I was like, this person's being kicked. I got to go defend him. And somebody else is stepping in. No, let him get beat up. It's okay. The law will handle it. I'm like, really? I believe in Venezuelan justice. Never, so, never get into a fight with a guy wearing a green T-shirt that says on the front, you have the right to remain silent. That's <laughs> probably not a good thing. No, oh, no. Goodness. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the weekend, Big Dog, and hopefully. Hopefully, along with the St. Patrick's Day uh, gatherings and the This Year Man, I'm glad to see This Year Man was out and about, and we definitely have to get more details to come, and hopefully some of the pictures and videos will be up on our Facebook page. That's Two Guys Mike, uh, or you can go to thetalkzone.com uh, or the Facebook page for This Year Man. What, what's the estimate, a couple of days or a week? Uh, uh, it, there's a lot of footage, so... You know, we we are leaking footage for, from the Sox Fest still. It's just uh, yes. Well, I know Idris. You know, your your film and your editing guy Idris probably still suffering a hangover from his days in the '60s. To put it nicely, he doesn't work real quickly. I'm really not complaining right now, Coach, okay. considering that uh, I'm getting work. all this production basically for free. Okay, I, I just have to pay for like dinner and parking basically gotcha. for it. Gotcha. Okay. Beautiful. All right. Well, hopefully, Big Dog, you had time to watch some of the uh, basketball games. Certainly, March Madness is front and center. We talked about it when we left Friday's show. There were still uh, 32 teams left. We are down to the final. Actually, take that back. When we left Friday's show, we obviously didn't know what happened on Friday's game. So bottom line is, you know, about 72 hours ago, there were still 68 teams with hopes and dreams and aspirations for the 2012 March Madness Bracket Buster NCAA Tournament. We're down to only 16. A lot of bloodshed along the way, Big Dog. Did you get a chance to uh, hopefully watch a decent amount of the games? Well, uh, Friday, because I, I, I knew I was going to be out and about all day on St. Patrick's Day. And by the way, my the tour season has started. Woo! I was out on the river yesterday. Wow. Uh, giving tours to people and then a bunch of other stuff. It was good to start working already, Coach. Like so, I was like, oh, thank God. It's like most people, you know, you put in eight hours of work and are totally exhausted at the end. It's good to have that feeling of, oh, okay, I did something today. Extremely productive, like really productive. And so the tours good. you're talking about, again, are kayak uh, architectural tours of the no, city. No, 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 no. We don't do, I don't do any bogus BS architectural tours. My tours don't sound like this. Oh, in this building, right in front of you, it's blue. Oh, oh, he's right, it's blue. And it's blue because the architect had a little girl and she had, guess what, guys? Yeah, blue eyes, yes, yes, yes. Oh, in this building next to it, the green one. It's green because 
is reflect the river. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Tyson, the guest. It's not like that at all, Coach. No, no. It's not like that. It's more like this is where the body was found here. This building was made in in, in 1929 by Marshall Fields to take over Montgomery Ward. And then Joseph Kennedy purchased it because he had made a bunch of money bootlegging. Mm -hmm. And then I go into all that. Coach, no, it's no architectural tour. It is like uh, who killed who and who's getting paid off by what. (laughs) But it is a tour of some of the fine sites of the city of Chicago via the uh, beautiful, beautiful Chicago River. So yeah. because of the nice weather, you're uh, you're about two months ahead of the game for your tours, no? Oh yeah, we are two months easily, and uh, we had a, the the we had an extremely great write up by a couple critics about the tours that uh-huh. that uh, I leaked last year. And all I can say is we are booked for two months. Great. Wow. It's, it's awesome, Coach. It's freaking awesome. But here's the bad thing. Okay, so obviously a guy doing a, a job like that, getting rid of, and all of a sudden everyone wants to come uh, do these tours, all of a sudden I find out that I'm making one-third less than what I was making last year. Why? For tour. Yeah, on air, I don't think it's a good idea. I Because basically they were saying you made too much money for a guy on a tour uh. that was leading tours. Basically what they said to me, you made too much money last year. I'm like, I made this much, that's not that much money. Welcome to a new season. We're glad you're back after a great job last year. Hope your number two is going to be great. Oh, by the way, we're cutting your salary by a third because you made too money, too much money last year. Great to, great to have you back, Joel. I have, I have a flat rate now is the best way I can tell you, Coach. Oh, boy. So whether I, I go out with six people or I go out with 60, I'm going to make the same money. I don't like it. I don't what like about, it Does that include tips? Well, no, tips don't change. I get to, I get to oh. control the tips. Yeah, well. Uh, well, yeah, I understand. I understand, but still, it's like, uh, it, it adds up to a significant number by the end of the year, and considering that I'm trying to figure out how to get my driver's license back, it's not exactly like I've been peeing my money away lately. I've been trying to save it up, so mm-hmm. no, I'm like, oh, no. So a certain date that I was going to pay this off and this off and this off has now been moved back significantly, is all I can tell you. So, ladies and gentlemen, anybody out in our listening land, which uh, we we our research uh, rather basic, but it does show that sixty eight percent of our listening audience are people that you owe money to. So, to those sixty eight percent out there, you will get paid, folks. You will get paid. But what I'm hearing is it'll be a slight delay, right? I don't, uh, think... I don't know. That all depends on uh, who you're talking okay. to. If uh, like if that person <laughs> I owe money to rhymes with A P Morgan. Uh... I don't think they're going to get their money anytime soon, Coach. I'm worried, Big Dog. If you ever pay off all your loans. 88, 88 our... Fingers Louie, you know, they might be getting their money. It won't make it matter how much I'm making. <laughs> if, you ever, if you ever become financially solvent and pay off all those loans, it'll be great for you, but our ratings will go right down the tube. Because the main reason people is listening to see, you know, see if you're still around and where you're going to be so they can track you down. At least our, at least our ratings are going in a direction. <laughs> I kid you, Big Dog. I kid you. 888-463-674. So you started to say Friday it sounds like you were not able to catch too many of the games? No. So, yeah, Saturday, well, I knew I wasn't because it was going to be St. Patty's Day. And even when I got a chance to watch it, I was like, I'll be too, I won't, I'll be incoherent. So I just gave up on Saturday. Well, Sunday I thought I was going to be watching basketball all day. And then, luckily for me, work started. So, like, okay. I, I all I watched was highlights. And the highlights that I watched were after – St. Patrick's Day weekend, Coach. You just mm-hmm. take that into consideration. All right, well, let, let's Friday, let, let's cool let's start Friday. I had Missouri winning the national championship, Coach. I finally <laughs> was like, you know what? 
I'm not picking any hatred, blah, blah, blah. Normally I would just have all Big Ten teams going to the Final Four, pick Michigan State versus Ohio State, you know, uh, you know, figure out. You know, instead, I'm going to take Missouri, Illinois' biggest non-conference rival, to show I'm not a hater. Well, Coach, and watching the first five minutes of that game, I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to watch the rest of this. I'm about to puke. I'm going to be out of the tournament by 1 o'clock on Friday. And I was, Coach, out of the tournament. By, by the way, Norfolk State played awesome. It's not like Missouri played poorly and lost, yeah. Coach. Norfolk State played almost a perfect basketball game. It was unbelievable watching mm-hmm. that on Friday. And, and even though they bottomed out yesterday against a very good Florida team, uh, it was not a fluke. You could tell both them and Lehigh, the two Cinderella teams, even teams like South Florida and the Ohio University, the Bobcat, they're celebrating in Athens, Ohio right now. But these teams, big dog, I'm not saying they're Kentucky, but they're also not, uh, you know, bottom feeders. There's talent there. Those kids can play, and they play hard. And if they have a good game, they're capable of beating the powerhouse team. But there's the point is there's some talented kids there that are very capable of playing, and we saw that for sure. Yeah, yeah, Coach, you know, I sit here like, you know, go tell my story whatever. But, you know, I always have, like, a, an affinity for, like, the, the little guy when they're playing the big guys. Because mm-hmm. I was, like, you know, I was a late bloomer. I was really small as a senior. And my production didn't matter to people. They were like, oh, you're, you're 177 pounds playing linebacker. You know, I was like, well, look at the numbers. Well, it didn't matter. And I go to Mac Murray. Well, this kid, uh, this O'Quinn kid from Norfolk State, you look at his body, how he only got one division. Maybe he was the same thing. It, it was a late bloomer. But his interview after beating uh, Missouri on Friday is exactly why people should love sports. First thing he did was, like, you know, I'm happy we won and all that. I'm thanks for my teammates. And then the second thing he did was, I just want to thank the coaches who trusted me and gave me the only scholarship offer I had because, honestly, if I didn't get to go to college, I don't know what I would have done in my life and where I would be right now. To thank a coach like that, in that moment he could have been like, hey, let's go to park. No, no, no. First thing he did was thank his teammates, and it was, like, legitimate, not like cliche, 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 teammate, cliche. It was like, Really think, and then the way they thanked their coach, I, there was not a more heartfelt or better thing that I saw all day uh, Thursday or Friday watching basketball mm-hmm. was awesome. And, and one of the reasons he thanked his coach was that it was the only school, uh, the only one, the only school that offered him a scholarship. Apparently, the six foot seven inch, two hundred and seventy pound, athletic power, well, two seventy is a little bit much, probably two forty, uh, uh-huh. did not play. And as as a junior, he was not good enough to get PT on his high school team, which. You know, go figure. But that's why yeah, no, he no, was. How did that happen? Yeah, I was going to say, let me, let me talk to that high school coach immediately because uh, something had to be wrong with that. Maybe he had a big growth spurt, but that was the reason he was thanking his coaches. They were the only ones that offered him a chance to play Division One college basketball. Let's go down the brackets real quick, big dog, and see if we can pick out any of the uh, interesting happenings from over the weekend. And certainly you probably picked out the biggest, and that was Friday within three hours watching two number 15 seeds beat number two, two seeds, and to show you how unusual that is, it hadn't happened for 11 years. 11 years, and then we see it twice in three hours. Pretty amazing. You know, the craziest thing I heard all day was Kenny Smith, right after Missouri lost, he said, oh, every single big team just took a relief because, you know, they realized that, oh, that was the big upset that was going to (laughs) happen. Right when he said it, I'm like, Duke's going down. I knew right away. I knew Uh right away, Coach. That was even a bigger upset. Lehigh. Lehigh knocking off Duke. Absolutely shocking. But, again, 
similar to your comments with Norfolk State. That was not a fluke performance. Rodney Magruder, their guard, and Mackie McKee or something like that. I mean, those guys, you know, they they just flat out played Duke. It wasn't luck. Magruder, by the way, was uh, he's the kid from uh, Kansas State. The kid that was awesome on uh, on Lehigh was Knutson. Yes, the center. Who oh looks like he's about thirty-two year old. He looks like one of those guys who, you know, is like doing tells his parents he's keep coming back for another year. He's been in college for like nine years now and he started when he was twenty two. He'll never be able to play professional basketball. But forty seven years from now he's gonna be the guy at the gym that always gets picked first because yes. they're like yeah, <laughs> takes you five minutes to get up here, but your little pivot foot spin moves, Tough. throwing elbows everywhere, getting a layup. I mean that guy I keep on forgetting his name, but the kid from Butler last year that was the ugliest human being alive. That Yeah, Matt Howard. Butler, Matt Howard. He, yep. He's the Matt Howard. Yep. That's a great comparison. Now, they're out of it. They're not. So he's not going to get as famous. But uh, Gabe Knutson absolutely uh, became a factor in the tournament. He played pretty well yesterday, too, and they showed him a lot as the Lehigh dream was coming to an end. And I'm going to pat you on the back a little bit, Coach. Florida. Two months ago, you told me. The Florida Gator. Uh, Florida is struggling. Florida. They have the makeups of a team that will advance in the tournament. Yep. And people say, oh, it's only the two first games. And they beat Lehigh, and then they beat, or, I mean, not Lehigh, they will, uh, Norfolk State, and they beat whatever the number 10 Virg- was Virginia. But, Coach, talk about utter annihilation. I watched the Florida-Virginia game. Virginia was never in the ballgame. It was over. You know how, like, you're but, the only thing is why it wasn't over because I was thinking it is a it is a what do you call it, a tournament game so Virginia will make a run. Well, thirty five points later, Virginia never made a run. They did the same thing to Norfolk State coach. So, so you're you you're right about Florida. They are playing awesome in the tournament. Yep, they got that four guard offense that they can keep Patrick Young out of foul trouble because they don't have a lot inside. But the Gators a twenty five point victory in game one, and then yesterday they knock off the Cinderella Norfolk State team by thirty. Four points. So they're going to be a pretty tough. One of the teams they'll be coming up against is Marquette. Marquette advanced to the Sweet 16, knocking off Murray State. I don't know how much there is to talk about there, but uh, Boo Williams, that is named the coach? Buzz Williams, coach. Huh? Buzz Williams. Buzz. I'm sorry. I knew Boo Williams didn't sound right. But uh, Buzz Williams, an unlikely candidate for a great coach, big dog, and ex-team manager. What college was he the man? He never played college ball. But he was a manager for somebody, and then, you know. Wow. Huh? That sounds like the Charlie White story, Coach. Yeah. Got his job as a video coordinator, worked up from first assistant, second assistant. Everybody assumed when Tom Crean left Marquette and they gave the job to Buzz Williams that, oh, this will be a year or two, and then he'll be gone and we'll bring in a big-time coach. Well, you got yourself a big-time coach. His name is Buzz Williams in the Marquette Golden Eagle. Are back in the round of 16. I like their uniforms, too. And uh, who, who's their senior forward? Jay, Jay Crowder and I'm sorry. Uh, Darius Odom. Darius Odom, is that his name? Miles yeah. Odom, something like that. It's got the dash in there. Yeah, because he's, he's a senior. Just give him, give him solid minutes playing awesome. He's this year's Jimmy Butler for Marquette, who is mm-hmm. a four-year player that the Bulls have mm-hmm. now that is a pretty good player considering they got him with the 28th pick. So. All right, so you got Marquette and Florida moving up in the West. You got Michigan State advancing. They knock off St. Louis. I don't know if you watched that game yesterday. The first half was like having a tooth taken out slowly, minus Novocaine. I mean, it was a painful experience. I love the the guys uh, in the studio when they went to analyze that first half, Big Dog. 
you know, they tried to be nice about it a little bit, and then it got down the the panel to Charles Barkley. And I can't remember his exact words, but you know, he cut through all the bull crap and said it's one of the worst first halves he's ever seen. These better teams better start playing basketball, and they did. It was a much better second half. But uh, Michigan State, Tom Izzo getting it done again. Uh, what more can you say? The Mean Green are awfully tough come tournament time. Six Final Fours in twelve years, Coach, and they're they're two wins away from seven in 13 years. If in a 13-year span, that's... It's more than half the time if he can get this done, either way, even if it's six out of 13 or seven out of 13. Wait, wait, wait. He's been to six Final Fours? In 12 seasons. In the last 12? Are you sure about that? 99, 2000, okay, 2001, 2005. Definitely. Those four years without a doubt, wow. okay? And then there's other years, Coach. Yeah. I know there are. There's other years. They played in a final against somebody and got destroyed. Was it Florida or the year Florida? One of the two years Florida won. They played Michigan State in the Final Four, Coach. Wow! And again, just to, to clarify for all the people that um, you know might still be waking up after a St. Patrick's Day weekend and a big Monday March Madness Monday, it's six out of twelve not making the tournament. But that stat was making getting to the Final Four. Into the Final Four, and, which and, and and then you have people like up. Uh, I call her Rusty last week, and but they only won one national title. How does the Big Ten look right now, Coach? After two rounds of the or three rounds, uh, excuse me. Big Ten looks outstanding. It would have looked absolutely phenomenal. They would have been the talk of the town of Purdue. Could have finished it off. I so felt so bad for Robbie Hummel and the guys who basically outplayed Kansas for the majority of the game. It was painful for me, Big Dog, to watch Bill Self win the game. I'm liking him less and less as the years go on. Kansas had enough success. It would have been a great story. Big time rooting for Purdue yesterday as the game went on, and sure enough, Kansas pulls it out at the end, which uh, hurt the Big Ten a little bit, but still, overall, great tournament for the Big Ten. I have Purdue going to the Elite Eight, which I, I, I know who cares. I've broken brackets, but I'm just saying it's like that's like the type of year I had on the bracket, Coach. I couldn't, mm-hmm. get, one break. I couldn't mm-hmm. get one break. How about uh, Xavier advancing to the round of uh, 16? Xavier, who had a pretty good start to the season, and they had the fight, and they had all kinds of problems in the middle of the season, but they've righted the ship. They've been a tournament-tested team. We should mention, how about this, Randy Meyer? I don't know if you're aware of this or not, Randy Meyer, sitting in as our assistant producer, the state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Four teams. Xavier, Cincinnati, Ohio State, and, of course, the Cinderella team, the Bobcat Big Dog. So uh, not bad for our listeners up in the fine state of Ohio. Yeah, you know, Claudia brought that up to me earlier. He said it's the first time that a state has ever had four universities in the Sweet 16. Wow. And I, that's, uh, I was shocked by that. If you remember, Coach, before the season, before the tournament started, I brought up all those teams which had excellent regular seasons. Besides Cincinnati, they had the great late run. And then I was like, just talking about the Ohio Valley and just the area. Because if you look at Kentucky, there's Kentucky, Louisville, Western Kentucky, Murray State. Uh, I'm, I know I'm missing some just right there in the – <laughs> It's like a 200-mile region. Was the that was it's the capital of basketball this year? You can't. There's no doubt about that because mm-hmm. the furthest north team is Ohio State and Columbus, and that's what an hour and a half away from Cincinnati. Yeah. You had what you know? was the name you used for that area on Friday's show? The uh, mid- well, the, it's the Ohio Valley area. Oh, the Ohio Valley, yes. Yeah. So because mm-hmm. there's the Ohio Valley Conference, mm-hmm. which is in Kentucky and Ohio, but. Mm-hmm. And so just calling it the whole area because it's yeah. not one conference. I mean, that's really an amazing year that that little area of the country has had. Louisville and Kentucky have a legit 
shot at winning, winning uh, gets to the Final Four, obviously. Mm-hmm. Louisville playing Michigan State. Uh, Izzo versus Rick Pitino. That's going to be one. That's uh, that's the, is the biggest coaching matchup I think we yeah, have. Yeah, well, we had a pretty good poaching matchup with uh, Rick Majerus, right? Coaching up mm-hmm. against uh, – who, who did Majerus play yesterday? It was St. Louis against uh, Michigan State, right? Uh-huh. Watched so many games, now I'm getting confused. So was Izzo against Majerus? That's, well, that was yesterday, yeah. Yeah. I thought about the game coming up. No, I know that. I know that I'm just pointing out, though, you know, we're coming off a great matchup, too, so it's kind of cool to watch those uh, legendary coaches go at each other. That's going to that's be a great game. It was, it's really cool to see how Majerus, who really had offers from bigger schools, sat out until he was healthy, and all of a sudden he wasn't the hot coach anymore because he was out of coaching play four or five yeah. years. He's like, okay, I'll go to St. Louis University and just coach basketball. You don't, I don't have to be in the spotlight. Want to coach. Yeah, I'm still so not I, sure about the healthy part, though, because I saw him, uh, and he hadn't lost any weight. And I love Rick Majerus. Great coach. Great mind. Absolutely yeah, phenomenal yeah. basketball. But I saw him interviewed. Uh, I think they got him coming out after the halftime, Big Dog. And I don't know if it was an emotional locker room speech or if that's just his normal way of going about it, but I swear to you, I thought they were going to have to perform CPR right during the interview. I thought he was going to go down. He was like know. heavy breathing. He was sweating, and of course, it might have been the fact it was uh, one of the lovely female interviewers. Was it Tracy Wilson? Huh? Was it Tracy Wilson? Might have been. Oh, it was Tracy Wilson. That, 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 she, that's the issue. She can have that effect on people, Rick Majerus and or otherwise. Mole. I think it's the massive mole on her face. Yep. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, I think Rick Majerus's really head. By the way, why is that? Why is that mountain on your face? Because other besides that, you'd be hot. But all I think about <laughs> is that mountain. I'm Take it easy. Take it easy, Big Dog. 888-463-6748. You're caught up in the March Bandits. Watch the games over the weekend. You want to comment on it? We're right here for you, Big Dog and the coach. Uh, give us a call. Again, 888-463-6748. Before we leave, the great story of Xavier Big Dog. Got to go back to Friday night. I'm not a huge Notre Dame fan, but I am a fan of sports, and I am a fan of fairness, and I thought the referees absolutely brutal. I shouldn't say referees, referee. On the call they made with 3.8 seconds left, I don't know if you're watching, I'm sure you've heard, Notre Dame at the free throw line with two free throws down two. Pressure free throws for the kid Eric Atkins. Sure enough, beautiful stroke, and he nails the first shot. You're thinking, overtime, what's going to happen here? And the referee comes in from out of the picture like he was uh, doing the breaststroke in the Summer Olympics, waving it off, waving it off. No, he calls a guy stepping into the lane from beyond the three-point arc too soon. I thought that was a horrible call. That was the second time in two days that yep. that call was made. Yep. You know, so I, I don't know. At this point, you, I, I, I guess after watch, I was watching the analysts when that happened, and they said that there's been an emphasis this year throughout college basketball. Just so happened that, the two times we hear about it are in last second plays in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's not. I, I really don't. I don't know who to blame at this point because. Oh, I do. To be, to be honest with you, coach, at the beginning of the season, when a, when my coach would say to me, uh, "The NCAA has an emphasis on this," and we had the meeting every single year as an NCAA athlete. You know what? I never got called for one of those penalties ever. So I don't. I, the more I think about it, and, and you're right, it's kind of. It's, to make that call to affect the game that much is, but still, you know what? Play by the rules. They, you know they're emphasizing you can't get inside the three point line before the guy releases the ball. Don't do it. Well, so first of all, that's where we got an issue right off the bat because that's not the rule. 
That's not the rule. And the announcer, and I love no, Clark Kellogg. They, what? That is a, whoever, they messed up. Whoever, whatever announcer. Clark said, Kellogg. It was, and he did not know the rule. He did he not. Thought, and it was. Oh, no, 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 he did not know the rule. When he was, I was watching the game. I know that. I'm he, with you on like, this. Those people aren't in the lane early. He kept saying they're not in the lane early. He didn't realize that the referee called the guy on the three-point line. He kept looking at the Oh, well, no, no, Clark no. But that. He gave you nothing. He gave you. Well, he did not help you in determining nah, why I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. He corrected himself on that. That's human error. I can handle that. He thought it was the guy stepping in, and then he realized it was the guy coming from beyond the three-point uh-huh. line. I can deal with that where he messed up. But, again, I preface it by saying I love Clark Kellogg. Love is announcing class oh, guy. I do. I, yes, but, but here is the issue. Three times over and over as I'm just totally ticked off. Again, I'm not a Notre Dame fan. I'm a Hoops fan trying to enjoy a great moment, and that great moment was ruined by an official. But here I got Clark Kellogg telling me, well, it's a good call. As you can see, the rule is you can't enter the free throw line until the ball's released if you're behind the three-point line. And I'm watching. He didn't. The ball is released, and he's not in the free throw line. What are you talking about, Clark? And he said that three oh, times. Oh, it was a bad call. He actually he did no, that. No, no, let me finish, Big Dog. So Clark Kellogg had the rule wrong. But, you yeah, know, okay, as he's okay. saying it, it's like, no, Clark, he, you're wrong. But the bottom line is not only did he visually see that wrong, but the rule, he got the rule wrong. The rule is if you are the shooter or you're behind the three-point line, the ball must hit the rim. So now they don't want people crashing into so which makes sense. So now, yes, the guy did violate the rule. Okay. okay. okay we got that. So Clark Kellogg, Butch, here's my issue with the referee, Big Dog. Randy Myers, see if you're with me on this one. You seem like a seem like a semi-normally common-sense individual. My point is the free throw went in. He made the shot. So if you are the referee and you see the violation, you hold the whistle. If the ball bounces off the backboard and there's a battle for the ball, then you blow the whistle, advantage gained violation. The shot went in at that point with three seconds left in the game. You want to call that in the first half? No issue at all big dog but the free throw went in him rushing into the free throw line had zero effect on the play you don't take the game away from the players that referee butchered the call most people will disagree with me well it's a rule is a rule you got to call it the kids should have known the rule bullcrap the referee has to use common sense and not call it at that particular time i want to give you this if you if you don't think you should call that off the ball is missed I have no problem with you on that, Coach. You can referee the way you want to referee, but you have to be consistent. You, as a referee, can't decide the first half, okay, I'm going to call yes, that you second can. half. No, I'm going to let everybody get away with everything. No. Because I am not going to blow the whistle. And You have to, as a ref, I'm going to say this. I don't care if we don't agree and what's right or wrong in that type of term. But you have to be consistent as a referee. You can't change I dis- I disagree. the part of the game. disagree with that. Uh, unless it's a complete and utter blowout. It's a close game. You have to make the same call in the on the last play of the mm-hmm. most important I play as you would in the middle of the first half. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. That's a philosophy that neither one are going to agree. Because as a guy that used to follow the rules mm-hmm. as a player, I prefer a more stringent referee that isn't I... going to let people get away with stuff in the last minute of the game just because it's the last minute. He doesn't have enough balls to make a call. I, oh, no, 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 no. Not enough balls. He, he's got enough common sense. I prefer a referee who understands what the hell is going on out there and has common sense. I'll give you another instance. 
Let's go back to the sport you so nearly and dearly love, Big Dog, the sport of football. High school state playoff game. Wasn't a state championship, but state playoff, one and done game. And this is about seven, eight years ago. In a high school team. Give me this example before. I'm sorry. Right. I think you, I think I've explained it to you before, but just as an example where I think you're wrong. Uh, the high school team's lining up for their game winning field goal. And apparently one of the linemen was yapping and trash talking to the guy across him. Which if the referee hears it, he's supposed to call a penalty. The ball is snapped. The kick is good. The team kicks the field goal. They advance. To the next round, they win the game. The referee throws the flag, calls the trash-talking, 15-yard penalty. They then are out of field goal range, and they lose the game. To me, in the early part of the game, if you're a referee and you hear a guy swearing at a guy across, to make a point, we're going to keep this game under control, you absolutely throw the flag at that time. When there's five seconds left in the game, in a hard-fought battle between these two teams, you cannot let one player, one idiot, affect the game for the rest of his team, no matter how bad this guy is, or coach, or coach. You can't call a technical on a coach with five seconds left in the game for the reason being you can't let one idiotic coach or one idiotic player ruin it for the rest of his teammates. So I disagree with you. There's times to make calls, and there's times not to. Uh, I'm, I'm, the only time you should change is if you're talking about blowout and injury-related stuff like that type of stuff. So, as far as that, I was going to disagree. If, if it's a foul uh, in the middle of the first half, it's a foul. It's something that should be called on the last play of the game. Also, that's just how that's just how I am, coach. You're not going to change me. I'm, okay. I'm going to remain that way. Right. And I will say, in a in a 45 point lead, I would be I'd flag the guy. I'd be like, "What's wrong with you?" Without question, I would be all over that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I understand that sometimes you have to like debate stuff. But I, I don't like people changing how they officiate, officiate just because the game is on the line. Okay. 888 At any rate, Xavier, uh, in a controversial finish, did defeat Notre Dame. They move on to the round of 16. How about Indiana up in the south bracket? Big dog, they're going to have a rematch with Kentucky. Kentucky basically, uh, you know, walked through there a couple of games, beat good Western Kentucky and Iowa State team. But Indiana against VCU yesterday, that was one of the better Games of the evening, did you at least catch the highlights, the uh, frenetic finish of that game? No, I, I did not get to see the that finish. What was it, 63-61? I believe it. Yep. Uh, no matter what, VCU, whoever they're playing in the tournament, the game's going down to the final draw. I mean, that's, you, you can expect that. I'm in, with Cody Zeller, coach. Basically, Indiana uh, tie game. Tie game, and they go up for a shot, and the shot is blocked. And the block goes right out. By happenstance, lucky bounce of the ball right back to an Indiana player about 12 feet away. Sheely, forget his name, is it Gary or Mike Sheely? At any rate, uh, he hits the 12-foot basket, so puts him up two. VCU comes down as the clock is winding down. Their guard penetrates the paint, kicks out, open, wide open three-pointer from the wing to win the Uh game, and it just clanked off the rim. Cinderella almost lived for another day, but the Hoosiers uh, move on. Great finish. Yeah, that's uh, what a way for VCU to end uh, this year's run, too. You knew they were going to go down fighting. But uh, Indiana, what they don't have for Dell Jones the third, right? He's done for the season. He's out. That's a huge, huge loss for them. So for them to have made the Sweet 16 with one of, like, their core and glue players out, that's pretty impressive. Yep. And now they've got a rematch with Kentucky of what uh, the two of us both called 
one of the best regular season college basketball games from an excitement standpoint that we've, uh, I don't think it's too much of an exaggeration to say that we've ever seen. You know, I, I, that was one of the first, that was the first game all year that I watched from start to finish that wasn't an Illinois game. And the way that game finished was just absolutely unbelievable. And they, before Kentucky lost in their conference tournament to Vanderbilt, it was pretty funny. I was, uh, some, I read something where some guy is like, you think that Indiana fans were happy that they beat Kentucky back in November? Think about it now when that's their only loss of the season because the only thing Indiana fans have to hold on to is the fact that they have the last undefeated team in NCAA basketball. Mm-hmm. So, like, the Indiana-Kentucky rivalry is massive. You're talking, obviously, Kentucky's tradition, especially recently, is much better than Indiana's. But overall, those are the two biggest college basketball-loving states in America. You're talking about Kansas, Indiana, Kentucky, North Carolina, UCLA. That's like the realm, Coach. This is about as good of a matchup as you get yep. in the Sweet 16. And they're they're doing a little bit of trash talking already because uh, Kentucky, I think John Calipari has said, you know, we're getting tired of seeing the replays. It's obviously shown all the time in promos and stuff, and Calipari talking about, you know, we've, we've seen enough of that particular replay. And then Tom Crean, the uh, semi-mercurial, and I don't even know what semi-mercurial means, but I'll call him the semi-mercurial coach of the Indiana Hoosiers. His response was, yeah, we watch it too. And every time he takes a shot, he's got a hand in his face. And every time we watch it, the ball goes in. So I think the uh, the tension has been set, Big Dog. Uh, CBS 845 Friday night. Make sure you are not out and about but watching basketball Friday night. That should be a heck of a game. Oh, no, no. Fridays are my night, Coach. I, I make sure. like I, yes. Summer's almost here. And Friday night, sitting on the couch watching baseball is so much better than how I used to spend my Friday nights like 10 years earlier. Mm-hmm. My liver is much happier, too. Yep. You were watching other things, and trust me, it wasn't baseball. Um, you mentioned injuries, Big Dog. Real quick, uh, before we uh, exit stage left on the March Madness down to the Sweet 16, we'll certainly over the next couple of days talk about some of the matchups as the March Madness continues. But uh, we should mention North Carolina advancing, but lost, most likely. We don't know for sure. Arguably their most valuable player, the great point guard, Kendall Marshall, broken right wrist. Now, he's a lefty, but a broken right wrist, so he's probably out, Big Dub. That's going to hurt a team that a lot of people think are going to win the whole thing. Yeah, that's that's a massive, massive blow to that team. He's not going to come back and play. You know, It's one thing you can have a broken wrist and, and play basketball. If you're the point guard, you have to throw bullet passes, Coach, with a lot of oomph behind him. And if if your wrist doesn't have it, I I just I can't imagine him being ready in yeah. five days. In My philosophy days. is tape it up and get out there, suck it up. And that's that's your philosophy. Just and tape it up. I, I would I would try, but don't expect anything. Is my is what I'm telling. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I don't think that they have a legitimate backup, which adds to the intrigue. Yeah, Remember, I mean, if you've right... watched North Carolina, they bring one very strange looking white dude. Off the bench, he's sort of like John Lucas the Third of North Carolina. It's kind of, that kind of an effect. <laughs> it is. That's You're like, oh, this guy, yeah, this, this guy, he's no good. And then, yeah. you know, you, do you know the guy I'm talking about? He's he's good for a couple of minutes a game, but he's not going to step in as a point guard and lead your team. Uh, you know, what do they got to win? Four more games to win it all. Uh, four more games. Yep. Yeah. That's what they. So it'll have to be point guard by committee for uh, North Carolina. At any rate. Uh, Overall, Big Dog, and I won't call it an A+, plus, but uh, the tournament is always great. There was more drama this year. Maybe not as many upsets as we're used to, and, and there certainly wasn't 
as many, if any. Finishes. There was no last-second shots, was there? Yeah, I, 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 well, I don't know about uh, – I don't think so. It's not on Saturday or Sunday, I yeah. couldn't tell you, but on on Friday there weren't any miracle finishes yeah, or that. last second shots. It was mostly like like free throws. Everybody hit their free throws and ice the game. Yeah. No, I mean, th- there were don't kid yourself. There were close finishes, but I don't think in all four days we had a single buzzer beater to win. I mean, this is that's the biggest upset of them all. Yeah. All right. 888-463-6748, Big Dog and a Coach. Your March Madness place to stop here on the Internet, 24-7, TalkZone.com. Big Dog, real quick, uh, other news and notes over the weekend. By the way, I should mention uh, tomorrow is Election Day, voting day here in the fine state of Illinois. Will you be Democrat, Republican, Independent, or non-existent? Libertarian. Is that Ron Paul? No, Ron Paul was—he's running as a Republican. I know nobody seems to notice because the Republican Party pays him no mind, even though he speaks the speaks the most common sense of anybody there. He actually does. He actually does. Review with me again and our fine listeners here in about uh, forty-five seconds. Give me a quick rundown of the libertarian philosophy slash theory. Uh, we want the government out of our bed, out of our pocketbook, out of our social life, out of our family life. Please leave us alone. We'll pay a small amount of taxes, provide us fire protection. So leave the government out so that an elite few can make lots of money and control the oh, power yeah. and the help oh, us. Yeah. Oh, what? 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 Oh, so you're just going to sit here and bash me immediately? Absolutely. You're, people, you're a freaking Democrat. Hey, hey let's build a constituency <laughs> by making the whole freaking country as stupid as possible. Oh, now you're poor? Oh, okay, well, we're going to keep you stupid. And remember, keep uh. voting for us because... We're going to blow up. That's the whole Democratic Party is about, hey, let's just keep a couple people rich, but we're going to act like we're going to, act like we're going to do it for the little guy. Uh, yet they don't do anything for them. What were the, you, you, you bash me? Well, there you go. <laughs> you pry into my life, and then you bash it. Okay, I don't care what you think about, about politics. You're just a typical person of, oh, the Democrat, we're doing it because we're morally responsible and we actually care about people. And yeah, that's exactly right. right. Whatever. What, it's the what do you mean, whatever? That's not whatever. Yeah, that's very, very important. The and we... over your head your whole entire life. Your whole entire life. It's the, the Democratic Party is the biggest farce and joke that I could think of. The whole, we're doing it for the little guy. Oh, the first thing they do when they get elected is get a big payment from some rich dude and do whatever that guy wants. I could care. You could run on the platform. We're for the working man. They have never done anything for the working man except destroy the school systems here in the United States and try to build a constituency of poverty. It's the problem, Randy, is Joel keeps beating around the bush and starts playing. But you got to speak out and say what you really feel once in a while. It's whatever. You, well, well, not whatever. We've got, you know, it's... about an elite few. Obviously, I have so much money and so much power that that's why I'm a libertarian. Yeah. Well, I, look, I'm very proud to be a liberal, and I'm very proud that some of the things the liberal and at times the Democratic Party stands for, I'm not going to uh, uh, back down from that or excuse me from that. I think most of their policies are correct, and if it means we go overboard a little bit in helping the unfortunate and helping the poor, maybe we help a little bit too much at the expense of uh, you know allowing it, or what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not encouraging, but... If we go overboard a little bit, then so be it. I'd rather have that way, no, but no, I'm no, proud. I'm proud to be a member of the Liberal we, Party. No, well, the whole point is, like, to get elected as a Democrat, you're like, oh, let's, let's, we need poor and dumb people. 
And that's like how they build a constituency, Coach. It totally goes yeah, against. You're, you're buying the hype, Big Doug. No, no, I ain't buying the hype. Yeah, you're buying the would, hype. Hold on a second. If you were here as a Republican bashing me, I would pick out everything wrong with you. But you sit there like you're all high and mighty as a Democrat <laughs> and a liberal, and you bash me. I didn't start this, okay? <laughs> the problem is, is you are, you're so one-sided. And it's funny as you call me the conservative on the show. I'm, that's, I'm not. I just have to try to keep you in check every once in a while. Though. I'm proud of what we stand for. Yeah, you stand for uh, people getting uh, brown paper bag lunches on Election Day tomorrow <laughs> and getting buses driven into the worst neighborhoods in the city and saying, make sure to vote for this person because uh, you've been voting for this person for years. Oh, don't ask us why you don't have any money because you're going to get fed today. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's that's, so, that's, so that's, would, that's your way of looking at it. Our way of looking at it. The Republican Party, maybe not the Libertarian, the Republicans will go out of their way to make sure anyone, uh, you know, doesn't have an e- anyone of disadvantaged situation doesn't have a tremendous opportunity to vote. The Democrats, the Liberals, and again, maybe we go overboard a time. You know, what you're talking about is is probably definitely well, overboard, but really we support. Start, you really want to start talking voter fraud and uh, people messing with who gets to vote and whatnot? Because that uh, don't even start here. Because I'm sure the Democratic Party doesn't have any instances of fraud or anything in Ohio or Illinois over the last two or three elections. It, they, they've been run out. What's that group? Acorn? The, the whole Democratic machine of basically having people vote five or six times in different counties. Oh, yeah, they, you're right. The Democrats, they don't have any. They don't, they don't ever mm-hmm. manipulate elections or anything. So, so much for my theory. Of, the little guy, Coach. So much for my theory of 45 seconds. Sorry I brought that up at the end of the show. Point well taken, Big Dong. Uh, from St. Patrick's Day and the travails of this year, man, to March Madness to a little political uh, hotbed, shall we say. I thought it was a heck of a show, dog. I'm proud yeah. of you, my friend. It's all good, Coach. I expect you to come back with the same energy tomorrow. Where might the females of Chicago find you today if they're looking? Uh, writing love notes to Lily the Lily the Lilac. Yeah, you're no fun. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm no fun anymore. All right, big dog. Have a good day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Not everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right, we're signing off. Two guys at a mic. Talkzone.com. Thank you so much for listening. Ten o'clock tomorrow. Randy Myers. Thank you so much for the great work. See you tomorrow at ten. Don't be late.